0: This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist. I would like to welcome you to an exciting new series I'm putting on each month in 2017. In the month of January, I'm going to go through 30 days to a better compliance program. So each day, I will detail some part of a compliance program that you can utilize to help you improve to have a best practices compliance program for 2017. With the operationalization of compliance mandated by the Department of Justice in the form of their compliance counsel, Wei Chin, and incorporated into the FCPA pilot program announced by the Department of Justice in April 2016, it's more important than ever that you upgrade your compliance program and show how you've operationalized. In this series, I'm going to help you do that. I hope you will enjoy this series. I hope you will join me, and I look forward to this journey with with you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. Welcome to Day 10 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. Today, we're going to take a look at mergers and acquisitions. The FCPA guidance notes that one of the 10 hallmarks of an effective compliance program is around mergers and acquisitions, both in the pre- and post-acquisition phases. A company that does not perform adequate FCPA due diligence prior to a merger and acquisition may face significant legal and business risks going forward. Perhaps most commonly, inadequate due diligence can allow a course of bribery to continue with all the attendant harm to a company's profitability and reputation, as well as potential civil and criminal liability. In contrast, companies that conduct effective FCPA due diligence on their acquisition targets are able to evaluate more effectively each target's value and negotiate the cost for the bribery to be borne by the target. Equally important is that if a company engages in these uh, suggestions, it will go a long way towards insulating or at least lessening the risk of liability going forward. The FCPA guidance was the first time that many compliance practitioners focused on the pre-acquisition phase of a transaction as a part of a compliance program. Both the DOJ and SEC made clear the importance of this step and they pointed to a declination which was set out in the guidance where the DOJ and SEC declined to take an enforcement action against a U.S. publicly held company in connection with its acquisition of a foreign subsidiary. It was because of the company's pre-acquisition due diligence and what they brought to the Department of Justice as a result of it. Subsequently, we had a opinion release where the uh, U.S. acquiring company found the Target had engaged in bribery and corruption, yet that Target was not a company which is subject to the FCPA. Uh, the opinion release opined that if the U.S. company went through with the merger and acquisition and cleaned up the bribery and corruption, that there would be no FCPA violation going forward if it did not continue. Um, The problem with this, obviously, though, is if a company engages in bribery and corruption to obtain business and you cut that out, what's the value of the company going forward? So a pretty important question for you to consider. So let me break this down into pre-acquisition and post-acquisition. Obviously, it should begin with a preliminary uh, pre-acquisition assessment of risk. Such an early assessment will inform the transaction both in the research and evaluation phases. This can include an objective overview of the risks faced and the level of risk exposure, such as a best case, worst case scenario. And the pre-acquisition assessment should also be used as a lens lens to which to view the feasibility of the business strategy and to help value the potential target. The next step is to develop the risk assessment as a base document. From this, I mean you should be able to prepare a focused series of queries and requests to be obtained from the target company. Thereafter, company management can use this pre-acquisition risk assessment to obtain what might be required in the way of integration and post-acquisition remediation, if necessary. It would also help inform the corporate and business functions of how they may be affected. It will assist in the planning, in the timing and participation, and the overall expenses involved in the post-acquisition phase. These costs are not insignificant, and they should be thoroughly evaluated as part of your acquisition strategy. It's important that after this due diligence is completed and the transaction moves forward, the acquiring company should attempt to protect itself through the most robust contractual provisions it can, including indemnification against possible FCPA or anti-corruption investigations, payment of investigative costs, and assessed penalties. An acquiring company should also include reps and warranties in the final sales agreement that the entire target company uses transactions that are permitted under local law, there's an absence of government ownership in the company, and the target company has made no corrupt payments to foreign officials. Lastly, there should be a rep and warranty that the books and records presented to the acquiring company were complete and accurate. To emphasize all of the above, the Department of Justice has held in the m a context that a company uh, should ensure, when a practical and appropriate, that FCPA risks are thoroughly documented. When such uh, due diligence is not properly documented, it can lead to potential exposure. Now, let's take a look at post-acquisition integration. There are generally three things a company must do in the M&A context post-acquisition. They uh, you must immediately train high-risk employees of the newly acquired enemy, e- enemy, excuse me, entity. Sorry about that. Perform a FCPA forensic audit and integrate the newly acquired company into your compliance program. One factor is that if the purchaser uncovers FCPA violations, they must be stopped. Because remember, if you uncover FCPA violations after the acquisition, it's no longer them doing the violations or engaging in the violations. It's now you. And if you don't stop those violations, you have violated the FCPA. So... Uh, that thought, I think, uh, hopefully will uh, people will understand moving forward. So there are some fairly specific time frames that have been laid out in uh, opinion releases, enforcement actions, and the FCPA guidance. Generally speaking, uh, you have 18 months to conduct a full FCPA audit, and then you have 12 months to implement a compliance program and provide sufficient training on your compliance program to the newly acquired target. Uh, there is language in some enforcement actions that say as soon as is practicable, but generally if you're going to exceed the 18-month um, time frame, you need to have a reason uh, laid out when the government comes knocking as to why it's taking you uh, so long. I once read an interview with a former DOJ official that he emphasized that if a company does not have the opportunity to make the types of inquiries I've suggested in the pre-acquisition stage, if there are still good faith efforts to conduct due diligence, integrate compliance programs, and take remedial action by removing the wrongdoers, uh, and if it's done quickly, authorities may may well give the company credit. Obviously, you can point to the Halliburton Opinion Release 0802, where due to legal constraints, they could do an extraordinarily limited pre-acquisition due diligence, so they had a very tight time frame post-acquisition. So it can be accomplished. Uh, you should consider perhaps the opinion release process. Nevertheless, if you cannot engage in pre-acquisition due diligence, you're going to need to uh, take a pretty hard look at... Um, ramping up your time frame pretty quickly post-acquisition. Unfortunately, there's a plethora of FCPA enforcement actions which have arisen in the acquisition context where a company uh, bought a, um, a rival or other target and the purchase led to FCPA exposures. Uh, the best example I can point you to is a 2009 purchase of Pfizer by wife um, and uh, here, uh, there was significant wrongdoing at wife, yet on the criminal side, the DOJ side, the, uh, comp- Pfizer was held not criminally liable for the conduct because of their very quick and active remediation going forward. If you're buying a company in China, all I can say is uh, you've got to do as much pre-acquisition due diligence as possible, and then the day you close, you've got to hit the ground running. Uh, given the number of uh, enforcement actions that have come out of China with Chinese companies. So what are the three key takeaways today? Well, the first one is I cannot emphasize enough your pre-acquisition risk assessment. You should use, This is a critical document for not only evaluating the compliance component and compliance perspective, but also taking a look at what you're going to have to do going forward. It really all starts with here, uh, this risk assessment in the pre-acquisition phase. If you cannot engage in a uh, risk assessment, you're really going blind going forward. And remember that it's no longer them, it's now you after it closes. Number two, you have to hit the ground running. Uh, This means you may have to gear up and hire outside counsel. You may need to hire vendors who uh, specialize in FCPA forensic audits, or integrations of your compliance programs, or training, but it's absolutely critical that you hit the ground running. Uh, 18 months for a forensic audit uh, may seem like a lot of time, but I guarantee you 12 months to integrate uh, a target's compliance program into yours and train their employees will pass by uh, much faster than you have um, considered. And finally, number three, what do you do if you find something? Uh, I once uh, represented a company that uh, bought a, a Canadian company Turned out the Canadian company had a joint venture uh, in Russia, a uh, minority-owned joint venture, and they could not remediate the Russian company. Simply could not do so, and they ended up having to um, cut loose that JV, just uh, give it back to the joint venture minor—excuse uh, me—majority owners. So at some point, you may just have to cut your losses if you cannot, if you've turned over, turned up bribery and corruption, and you can't clean it up. Uh, you may just have to uh, uh, give back that part of your investment. That will certainly help you in the eyes of the Department of Justice. And at the end of the day, that may be the more cost-effective approach for you to take. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Hey, this is Tom Fox. I'd like to thank you for listening this episode Thirty Days to get a Compliance Program. If you'd like more information on mergers and acquisitions, please check out my book, human Compliance*, which is available through Compliance Training. You can purchase it Outside. If you listen to this podcast on iTunes, I it would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast. If you have any questions on emergency acquisitions, please give me a shout at T-Fox at T-Fox.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening to 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program. And I hope you'll tune in tomorrow for day 11 of 30 Days to a Better Compliance Program.